Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stacy Shiflet Podcast. I appreciate you taking time today to tune in. And I'm confident that the subject that we're going to be discussing will be a huge uh, encouragement, uh, motivation, at least that's my prayer and my desire. Uh, it's been several weeks uh, since uh, we put a podcast out. And back when I first started this, I, I said that I wouldn't do one every day. Uh, that I wouldn't even try to do one every week. I'd love to. Uh, it's not that I don't have something to talk about, but uh, uh, trying to pastor the church and see about all the ministries of the church, uh, it's difficult sometimes to pull away and do one of these things. Uh, last week, we had our uh, romantic escape, our married couple's getaway. We went up to Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania, with a, a good number of our uh, married couples, and we had a great time up there. And um, I always do a couple of uh, sessions on the home, on the marriage, and it involves a lot of studying, a lot of preparation. So seems like every week we have something going on in our church calendar that makes it just a little bit harder for me to still away up here into the studio and do a podcast. But I had a thought on my heart uh, yesterday and uh, it just continued to grow over the uh, the night last night and this morning. And I thought, yeah, I'll definitely want to do a podcast on this subject. By the way, there's no shortage of subjects to do a podcast on. And uh, I've uh, come to realize over the last few months that seemingly more and more people listen to these podcasts while they're driving or while they're working. Their their job allows them to be able to put their earbuds in or whatever, listen to different podcast and things. And obviously there are thousands of podcasts that are out there that are available for people to uh, listen to. Uh, but uh, it's been my desire to, from time to time, put something out that would uh, motivate you and stir you. Uh, or as the Bible says, provoke one another to love and good works. And uh, so that's been my uh, desire from the very beginning was to try and put something out there that would cause you to think that God could use to maybe help you be a little bit closer to him, a little bit more involved in the ministry and the fight and the work of God. And today's podcast will obviously fall uh, within those parameters. The verse of scripture that's on my heart is Ecclesiastes chapter number 11, verse number one. No doubt you've heard the verse referred to, or you've seen it maybe, where uh, Solomon, as he was writing, he said, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. I guess the first time I heard that verse, I was reading a children's book as a child, and I'm not exactly sure who the author was or even what the book was about. But I'll never forget that in the book, uh, the story was talking about a preacher and he used that verse uh, when he was talking to someone. And, um, of course, I grew up in church, grew up around preaching, grew up uh, around the Word of God. And if I hear a verse that I've never seen before or heard before, I have to go look at it. And I remember even as a child going and finding my Bible saying, is that verse in there? And the uh, reason why it, it kind of stuck in my mind was that the author of the book, when he was telling the story about this preacher, he told people, said, cast your bread upon the waters and it shall return, uh, or thou shalt find it after many days uh, buttered 
that was the, that was what caught my uh, my eye in the book was the preacher said he he's, he's cast his bread on the water and it come back to him after many days with butter on it. And of course, that's not what the Bible says, but the author of the book was was trying to make a point. And this old country preacher, basically what he was saying was that uh, God's always allowed it to come back better than it was before. And uh, of course, I went as a, as a, as a kid, went and looked that verse up. And ever since that time, this verse has been uh, a familiar part of my, my thinking, my meditation. And uh, I have to say, I have lived this verse. I have experienced it. I experienced it again yesterday, and I'm going to share the story with you in a way that was just absolutely mind-boggling. And uh, of course, Solomon says, cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Uh, kind of falls into the lines of stewardship, sowing and reaping, uh, doing that which is uh, pleasing to God by faith, trusting God for a positive outcome. I guess there's a lot of different applications, but uh, when you think about bread in the Bible, it's a type and a picture of the Word of God. If we want to look at it in a more broad sense, in a general sense, you could say really that when you talked about casting your bread upon the waters, it could be anything from uh, just a, uh, an act of charity or kindness to uh, sharing a testimony with somebody. Uh, you know, the the uh, the gospel, a gospel track, leaving a track somewhere, witnessing to somebody. You know, and uh, so there's a pretty broad application. Uh, I'm going to try to make it a little bit more uh, specific today in a way that I hope would intrigue you and inspire you to cast your bread upon the water. But he said, cast thy bread upon the waters. Well, that's just not something that you would normally do is take bread and throw it on the water unless you're feeding the ducks. And of course, I love to feed the ducks and geese. We go up to different places. We've got some uh, ponds, a little couple of ponds right outside the front door of our house over here in Stansbury Lake where we live. And uh, they call them lakes, but they're ponds. And there's ducks, little uh, flocks uh, of uh, ducks and geese that uh, live over there and swim around over there and Sometimes we go out there and feed them, and people in our neighborhood go over there and feed the geese and the ducks. But uh, normally, you wouldn't just take your bread and throw it on the water. That word water there kind of signifies the unknown, uh, the uncertainty, uh, something that's always moving. I even got to thinking about that hydrologic cycle that we studied in school, where water evaporates, goes up into the atmosphere, and, uh, and, and then it turns into precipitation. And uh, so I guess you've got evaporation, condensation, and precipitation where it falls back down and kind of does the whole thing all over again. So when I, was, when I was looking for the verse to go along with the thought today, this verse was absolutely perfect because I have, as I said, lived this verse. I have, with God's help, God's allowed me to be able to throw some bread out on the water and... Um, didn't always know what was going to happen. Didn't always see the results. It was just more or less just trying to be faithful to do what God have us to do, throwing the seed on the ground and get up and teach, get up and preach, uh, leave gospel tracks, knock doors. I've been knocking doors for 40 years. I started when I was a little boy, knocking doors with my daddy. I used to say um, I've been knocking on doors and, and ringing doorbells since I was tall enough to reach the doorbell. And that's just about the truth. And I've not always seen people saved at the houses and the doors that we have been to, thousands, literally thousands and thousands of doors. 
and front porches that I've been on, uh, passing out gospel tracts, inviting people to church, um, sowing the seed, casting the bread upon the water. Uh, but I can honestly say that the word of God is true. That I've, after many days, many times, I have found that bread. It came back. And I was able to see not only that bread that God let me cast out, but like the uh, storybook said, many times it had butter on it. It came back better than it was before. And that was just an, an excellent example of what happened yesterday. Uh, I got up yesterday morning and got into my office. And uh, throughout the course of the morning, I put out on my Facebook page just a, a little uh, a little promo, I guess, a little blurb about uh, my book, The Exceptional Man. Um, just for the record, uh, I, I self-publish all of my books. I don't have a publishing company. Uh, even authors and uh, people that write books through publishing companies, they have their own uh, promotional uh, department where they market the books, but I do everything myself. And so I don't really have anybody uh, to do that. And so from time to time, if I feel impressed of the Lord, I'll just put a, a, a mention out on the Facebook or whatever about a book and, and, and how it can benefit somebody and how they can get their hands on it. And so I did that yesterday. Uh, and I mentioned the exceptional man. I thought, hey, here it is coming up on graduation time. School year's about over. And there'll be some young men graduating from high school and uh, could definitely use some admonition about being uh, above average as far as being a Christian young man is concerned. I thought it'd be a, a great book. Uh, to back up, I wrote the book when I was in South Africa, right as I was leaving South Africa. That would have been 2006, and right when I first came off the field and took the church there in South Carolina, I finished it up and published it right as I was leaving Africa, right when I first came here. And so that would have been 2006. That would have been uh, 15 years ago uh, that I wrote that book. And uh, as I said, I self-published. And so uh, people know about it. And a lot of people have read it. Uh, it's not You're not going to find it in a lot of Christian bookstores. Uh, they don't really promote self-published authors. And so I've been uh, just pretty much limited in, in how it got out. But in any case... I wrote that book. It was a series of Sunday school lessons that I had taught in the church on the faithful man. And I did a series on the faithful man, what it meant to be faithful. And it just kind of morphed into uh, the book, The Exceptional Man. Had a lot of young men in our church there in South Africa that lacked uh, a fatherly figure. A lot of them didn't have a dad or they didn't have a Christian dad. And so they, they was a uh, very uh, deprived in the area of a mentor, somebody to invest in them and teach them what it meant to be a gentleman, to be a man and to love their wife and love God and, and to live above reproach. And so the book really is about that. Uh, but in any case, uh, I wrote it 15 years ago and through just, uh, you know, going different places, preaching different places, setting my book table up in the back and uh, people getting it and then mentioning it on social media from time to time. Um, it's, you know, it's out there. Well, I got a, I got a, uh, the, the urge yesterday morning to put that little mention out on Facebook about the book, and I got a, a message from a missionary in Mexico that I don't know, never met, never heard of him. He reached out to me, and he said, uh, I'd like to talk to you about this book getting translated into Spanish. 
And um, well, that caught my eye because uh, that's, that's really what I'm about to do with our new discipleship book, which I've been working on for days. And we're real close to getting it out as well. Uh, in fact, I've been working on it all morning. And uh, we're real close to, to getting that book published and finished. And so uh, I want to get it translated into Spanish too. In fact, I've already got that going. And so when this missionary said to me he wanted to translate The Exceptional Man, which is a 200-page book, into Spanish, uh, I said, well, why don't you give me a call? And I gave him my number. And when literally in just a matter of a minute or two, my phone was ringing. I looked down. He was calling me from Mexico. And so uh, he said, oh, what do you think about your book, The Exceptional Man, getting translated into Spanish? I said, well, I, I think it's a great idea. And he said, well, in the spirit of full disclosure, uh, I've already translated it. I said, really? He said, as a matter of fact, I translated it uh, probably uh, eight or 10 years ago. I said, you got to be kidding me. He said, brother, he said, I'm nervous right now talking to you on the phone because I cannot think of a book that I have read more times than I have read The Exceptional Man. He said, I bought it years ago. I have read that book over and over and over again. It has helped me. It has motivated me. It has challenged me. And he said, I wanted our men here in Mexico to be able to read that book. He said, so I took it upon myself to translate the entire book into Spanish. And the men in our church have read that book and been reading it for years. I was absolutely floored. I was almost speechless. I said, you've got to be kidding me. He said, no, sir. He said, if it's okay with you, I'd like to go over it one more time, check it for typos, and make sure I did it right. And I'd like to email you that document in a Word document. And if you want to publish it in Spanish, it's ready to go. And I said, well, goodness gracious, I, I just don't know what to say. I said, I'd be thrilled. And so that happened yesterday. And I got off the phone with that dear missionary. And my mind was reeling. And I thought about this verse in Ecclesiastes, cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Now you tell me that that verse doesn't apply. When you sit down and write a book and 15 years later, you find out a missionary has translated it into another language and is using it on the mission field. Yeah, I'd say that bread came back buttered, wouldn't you? I mean, it came back better than before. And uh, and it's interesting that while I was on the phone with him, I was getting text messages from a lady in Georgia that I used to go to church with when I was a teenager. And she says to me, she says, you wrote a song that you used to sing at church. And I can't remember how the last part of that second verse goes. Well, that blew my mind. I thought, I can't believe she remembers any of the song. It only had two verses and a chorus. Uh, but here she is. She knew the first verse and the chorus by heart. I have not sung that song in 25 years. It was 30 years ago I wrote that song. As a matter of fact, I wrote that song on a paper towel when I was at work and stuck it in my pocket. God gave it to me while I was working and I didn't have anything to write on, so I ran to the bathroom, and I pulled off a couple of paper towels, stood right there in the bathroom, and wrote that song on that paper towel, folded it up and stuck it in my pocket. And when I got home and went to take a shower, I found that paper towel in my pocket, and I remembered that song I wrote. 
and ended up putting it on my first solo project and sung it in church. I think it was a Sunday morning. I sung that song in church, Touch Me Again. Name the song. It's a revival song. Starts out, Lord, we need a revival in our land. 30 years ago, I wrote that song. And while I was playing the piano and singing that song at Light of Calvary Baptist Church in Conyers, Georgia, people began to get up out of their seat and just flood the altar. I don't know how many times I had to sing that song that day. First time I'd ever sung it. First time it had ever been heard. And God used it literally to spark a revival in our church. And now 30 years later, I'm talking about, I wrote that song in 1992. 30 years later, while I'm, while I'm getting this email from this missionary in Mexico about this book, I've got this lady asking me about the words of this song. I didn't even remember the words of the song. I had to go find this tape and find the song so I could send her the words. This all happened at the exact same time yesterday morning during our staff meeting. And I'm telling you, I, this verse works. Cast your bread upon the waters. Cast your bread upon the waters. I got an email about two months ago from a dear uh, African, uh, my dear friend down in, in Africa. His name is Patrick Moshlomi. He was a translator for me when I was a missionary in South Africa. This would have been, I probably met him in around 2002. And uh, he translated for me uh, a lot out in the villages. And we put up tents and had crusades and he'd preach for me. And uh, I trained him in the Bible Institute. Uh, Patrick Moslomi. First name's Dillo, but his, uh, his English name is Patrick. And uh, of course, I left there in 2006. Hadn't seen Patrick since. But I got an email from him just a few months ago. Reached out to me. I wish I'd have printed it out to share it with you here on the podcast. Where he said, I just want you to know that the investment that you made in my life the influence that you had in my life was not wasted. He said, I'm still preaching. I'm still standing by the truth. I'm still preaching the word of God, seeing souls saved there in the country of South Africa. Sent me a link to his Facebook page. He's married now and uh, he's got a family and to put on a few pounds. And I just could not believe uh, what a blessing it was to hear uh, from Patrick. I, he was not really a member of our church. He was from a, a village way, da way down the road but God allowed our paths to cross and we spent hours together and he preached and translated for me and I invested in him. And here it is, 15 years later, I get an email from him. What am I saying? Cast thy bread upon the waters for thou shalt find it after many days. You never know. You never know when you're investing in somebody who they'll end up being and what will end up happening. I was grilling chicken uh, for my wife just a week or so ago. And I got a phone call, looked down, didn't recognize the number, saw it from down in South Carolina. And so I answered the phone and it was my third grade teacher, Sister Mary. Her name was Mary uh, Hampton then. It's Mary Rice now. Uh, she was my third grade teacher. She took a special interest in me as a, as a little boy. And she has kept up with me all these years. And from time to time, she'll call me and she'll just say, I just want you to know I pray for you, and I'm proud of you, and I'm thankful for what God's doing in your life. And I have to, every time I tell her, and thank you for investing in my life 
as a third grade teacher, stand up in front of that classroom with all those little kids in their third grade, eight years old, nine-year-old kids. No doubt a lot of teachers wonder, is my life even, is it, is it, is it, is it making a difference? Uh, standing here teaching every day, uh, are they listening? Do they, do they, do they see my heartbeat? Do they hear, uh, my, 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 my love for them and my passion for them? Let me tell you something. You just keep casting your bread on the waters. It might be a while. The Bible says thou shalt find it after many days. It may be years before you ever know, uh, what a difference uh, you made in somebody else's life. And what a blessing, what an encouragement it is to know that God is the one keeping the score. You know, Paul said, he said uh, that some watered, he said some sowed and some watered, but God gives the increase. And you just never know, really. When you cast your bread out on the water, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of cert uncertainty. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, thoughts in the back of your mind. Is this even is this even worth it? Getting up on Saturday morning and going soul winning or Thursday night or whenever your church has soul winning. You say, what's the use? What's the use? We had a lady join our church two Sundays ago. She comes now every service with her family. She got a flyer on her door, a flyer on her door. She's lived in the town next to us for four years, five years. And we went over there a little bit out of our little bit out of our our Jerusalem. We kind of went over there, spring uh, sprouting our wings a little bit, spreading our wings. And we went over there with our teenagers, and we canvassed that neighborhood, and we put flyers right here through COVID, right here through this coronavirus, where people don't want to touch nothing and and they don't want to interact, they don't want to talk to you. We just went through there and and covered that street, covered that neighborhood, that whole that whole town really with flyers and invitations to our church. She came to our church. She said, I didn't know you were here. Didn't even know you were here. And it turns out she's from a, a, a sister church, from a preacher friend of mine down in Louisiana. She was saved and baptized there as a girl. And now all these years later, she's living six, seven, eight minutes from our church and got a flyer on her door and came to church. We sat in my office and she gave her testimony and she joined our church, and she's here every service. Cast your bread on the waters. You just don't know. You just don't know what God could do. There may be somebody listening to this podcast, and you think, I don't, I don't know what I could do uh, to make a difference. Let me tell you something. God uses a lot of things. He uses one-on-one -on -one conversations, gospel tracts, uh, write an article, Put something spiritual up on your social media for a change instead of taking a picture of your hamburger or a picture of your dog. Won't you put something up there spiritual? Cast your bread. Cast your bread on the waters. Invest in somebody. Sow some seed in somebody's life. You never know what's going to come of it. And my wife and I, our kids, we were talking the other day. About the, about the emails. I get emails, text messages, phone calls nearly every single day of my life of people that I didn't even know existed that says, I've been listening to your messages, been listening to your podcast, uh, been, been downloading your outlines on your website. I've been preaching through the same series you just preached at your church. I'm preaching that series at my church. It's humbling, but it's mind boggling. That the word of God, he said, 
in, in Isaiah 55, as the rain cometh down, verse number 10, and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. And you can spend a lot of time and effort and energy in a lot of things. But I can promise you on the authority of the word of God that if you are doing something that's pertaining to the word of God, sowing seed, casting bread on the water, you can mark it down. It will not return void. It will come back. You may not know about it. You may not hear about it. But I can promise you on the authority of the word of God, if his word goes forth, it will not return void. I can't think of a more encouraging. I can't think of a more exciting. I can't think of a more motivating passage of scripture than Ecclesiastes 11.1 1 and Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11. Knowing that it's not a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. Let me give you another example. In Genesis chapter number 40, Joseph was sitting in a prison. He had been falsely accused by Potiphar's wife of, 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 of a crime, of gross immorality, of which, of course, he, he was innocent. We know that. But he was sitting in a prison surrounded by the worst of the worst. You can't imagine how horrible. Can you imagine the, the environment that it had to have been to be in an Egyptian prison? They didn't have prison ministries and, and tracks and chapels and chaplains and and they didn't have uh, any influence at all. He was surrounded by the worst of the worst. And yet Joseph continued to invest in the lives of others. And in that chapter, in Genesis chapter number 40, he saw that butler and that baker over there. He could tell by looking at their face that they were having a bad day. And he walked over there and tried to cheer them up and asked about them, tried to see about them. They told him about their dreams and he interpreted their dreams. You get down to the end of that chapter and the Bible says in verse 23 of Genesis 40, that yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. He forgot Joseph. You get to chapter 41, two years later, Pharaoh has a dream. And all of a sudden, this uh, butler remembered that, that he had met this man in prison that could interpret dreams. But he forgot Joseph. But the point I'm trying to make is God didn't forget him. And that bread that he cast on the water, that day when he in, interpreted the dream of that butler, the day that he invested in that man and, and was trying to minister to him and help him with his burden, it did not return void. In fact, that very act of Joseph asking about those dreams and interpreting those dreams is a vital key part of this whole story. It was when Pharaoh mentioned to his people that he had a dream and nobody could interpret. That's when the butler remembered Joseph. And that's why he was brought out of prison, able to stand before Pharaoh. That that act of sowing seed, or as we're saying in our text, this this, this uh, podcast, the, the, the casting the bread upon the water, that very act right there was a key vital element in that story. And Joseph being able to end up like he did. All I'm saying is, in the book of Hebrews, chapter number six, the author of Hebrews said in verse number nine, but beloved, we're persuaded better things of you, things that accompany salvation, 
though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Look at that. Which ye have showed toward his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. What is he saying? He's saying that God sees what you do. Nobody else may see it. Nobody else may care. Nobody else may pat you on the back. But I promise you, if you cast your bread on the water, it will, after many days, you will find it. I guarantee you that. Sunday school teacher, mom, dad, investing in your children. The Bible says if you train up a child the way he should go when he's old, he'll not depart from it. It's the same thing we're talking about. Preachers getting up in the pulpit and preaching and nobody comes to the altar and you leave and the devil tells you, you blew it. It was a waste of time. You missed it. And he starts to get into your mind and get into your head. Can I tell you something? The devil's a liar. Why do you think Paul said in Galatians, let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The Bible's clear in Psalm 126 and verse number five, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He says in the next verse, this is Psalm 126, verse 6, if you want to look it up and underline it in your Bible, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. What am I saying? I'm saying you cast your bread upon the waters, thou shalt find it after many days. It will come back. It will come back. And I lived that this week again, as I have hundreds of times, to get an email from a missionary in Mexico, said, I translated your book 10 years ago. Would you like to have the manuscript so you can get it published? I said, absolutely, absolutely. A dream come true. I never imagined that somebody would do that. And so I'm telling you, you just, you just keep obeying God. You keep preaching. You keep teaching. You keep testifying. You keep passing out gospel tracts and you keep inviting people to church. You keep sowing the seed. Keep casting your bread on the water. The devil said, this is stupid. Nobody throws bread on the water. What are you wasting good bread for? You're wasting your time. It's just going to fall to the bottom of the ocean and, and dissolve, and that's going to be the end of it. No, it's not. No, it's not. Cast your bread upon the waters. Thou shalt find it after many days. I hope today's episode was an encouragement. hope it was a blessing. I hope it motivates you to just keep doing what God's called you to do. I invite you to be much in prayer for our discipleship book, Principles of Growth. We are in the finishing stages of getting it laid out and getting uh, the design work. We're doing all of that. And it'll be just a few more weeks and that book will be available. I'll put it out on my Facebook. And you'll be the first one to know and we're excited about what we've seen God do in our church through the discipleship program. Uh, this the, Tomorrow night, actually, we're wrapping up our 12th week. Uh, we'll have quite a number of our students that finished. They'll finish the book tomorrow, Lesson 12, all 12 Lessons, Principles of Growth. And we're excited about that book being in uh, print form uh, so that you can get it. Several pastors, missionaries have asked for it. Another missionary out of our church is already uh, planning to translate it into Spanish. And so we're excited about having that resource of material available. But keep us in prayer, if you would, that God would use this to be a help and a blessing to his people. And uh, about, um, 
I've got a lot, a lot going on over the next week or two, and so I don't know when I'll get to do another podcast, but I appreciate you taking time today to tune in and to listen to this one. And if it's been a blessing, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Pray for us. As always, we invite you to correspond with us. You can reach out to us through the email or whatever uh, forum you decide to reach out to us, and we know that we are grateful for you. We thank God for you. And until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.